Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Everything else that's good. That too. This is basically a talk coming up uh, here at the end of the Ango Rohatsu that we do every year. From the first till the 8th of December, and we're, this is concluded our day this afternoon, last day. This evening's talk is entitled, it's a question, ready for the teachings? Ready for this? And of course, there's all kinds of ways of talking about that. We're ready to study this, ready to study in the tradition of, of Buddha's Dharma. All the teachers down through the centuries who have been teaching and living teachers are also talking about this amazing spiritual path in so many different ways. So the question, you ready for this? Are you ready to step into this kind of training, this kind of working with your preconceptions, your ideas, your judgments, your beliefs, just your basically unexamined conclusions about things, actually, that you want the truth bad enough that you're willing to step out of your security blanket, all your beliefs, your opinions, your ideas, your culture, the reinforcement of the family. I'm not saying you have to be ready to leave your family forever. Um, that might have been true in ancient times, but uh, now I think we should include the family. We should include everyone. Include. It's a very good word. Include. If something needs to be released or needs to be stepped away from on this path, on this path of the Buddha's truth, the Buddha's Dharma, it will be obvious to you. It won't necessarily be an either or. Should I, or if you're saying, if you're saying to yourself, uh, should I do this or should I do that? If that's happening, that's just a, it's just a metronome of ego. It's just back and forth, back and forth. Put you right to sleep, ready to actually hear this. Uh, it might be necessary, probably will be necessary. And the way I understand it, it's just necessary. There is no other way than, than to meet someone who sees what this is and can teach it out of their realization, out of what they see. If they're teaching it out, out of their scholarliness, their, their accumulation of understanding about all the different aspects of the teaching, that may be very helpful. You may even need some of that. But I feel, and I mean feel, I feel that it is unlikely that you will see your true nature without meeting someone who teaches out of their true nature 24-7, all the time, always. And unless you are ready for the teachings, ready to be a student, not just someone who collects information and knows things, you're, you become uh, liberated, uh, free of what you know. This doesn't mean you get rid of things you know. But they just come up situa situationally. When you need something that you know, it, it appears. And you're not always flooding your mind stream with all of your wonderful knowledge about everything. Ready for this? Ready to step into, I'm going to say no man's land, but it's no person's land. No, no person. It's an incredibly vast and open territory where there is, an, is no, no one there actually no one there or maybe you could say if there is they better get out of there if you've been practicing this for a while i know probably gets 
more and more challenging, more and more difficult because the dose that you're giving yourself or that your teacher is giving you or that the, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, the community, the teaching itself is giving you might seem like this is too much. I, I, I can't do this. This is too much. I won't make it. I won't make it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go back into samsara. You might not characterize it that way. You might have a, quite a, a story around yourself, your ideas. Buying into some kind of correct idea or not so correct or kind of right, but not exactly. Are you ready? Are you ready to actually do? Do you want this or do you want to just do a kind of meta? And I don't mean to be criticizing. Some people are not ready. That mean, doesn't mean they're bad or they're evil. Maybe all they're doing is, is a, a kind of awareness practice that just calms them down. Sometimes a, a awareness practice, shamatha, or mindfulness, just being aware, scanning the body, vipassana, a form of vipassana. It's quite all right. Not an issue at all. You might even start out with that and have to practice that for 10 or 20 years before you're ready to hear a true teacher, a true teaching, which comes out of the heart. Am I making claims? No. At all. None at all. No guarantee. You should be very, very suspicious of everything I say. And unless you're not. And if you're not, that doesn't mean you believe what I'm saying, necessarily. Just receive, just, just listen. Just observe, just observe. This is what we do on the cushion. Just sit down, train your mind to see clearly. So, so that when you meet the teachings, when you meet the truth, not only just in yourself, but you meet the truth in your partner, in your friend, in your Dharma brother or sister, in the neighborhood, uh, police officer. You see it. It's The truth doesn't always show up as something that's very truthful. The truth can also show up as something that is a big lie. Because you see the lie, and that way you see what it's covering up. It's covering up the truth. Whether it's a relative truth or whether it's ultimate truth. It seems to apply in both cases. So as far as being ready for the truth, Again, let's go back to, are you able to receive? Are you able to just be a student? Whatever shows up, uh, begin to understand what that is fundamentally, what your thoughts are. This is what we do on the cushion. Instead of just the mundane kind of learning of memorizing things, analyzing, and so on. Instead, we sit down on a, on a cushion or on a chair, a cushion or a chair, and we just watch what happens in the mind stream. Just receive, receive. It takes a while because the initial understanding of meditation is, well, I'll start to calm down. Well, I'll be, I'll be kinder. I'll be easier on myself. I'll get to know myself uh, in, in the way that I think that myself is. I know there's a lot of information about myself. So I don't feel that I was ready for the teachings until I met my teacher. And then it was choiceless for me. It was, I, I had to do that. No matter how bad it felt, no matter how scary it was, is that true for everybody? Probably not. It was just my 
feeling of being pretty helpless in front of that teacher. So the talk title just arose about, what, 10, 15 minutes before this talk. So I had no idea what I was going to say. Maybe I mentioned it before then. Did I talk about it before then? A little bit. Did I say, what should I say? So everyone could, I'm sure everyone has a, a different kind of question around this title. That might be a better way of, uh, and I can just ramble along here and come up with different things to say about it. But go ahead, Junchu. Junchu Bowing, if we don't know what we're getting into, how can we be ready? Uh, you, you, you'll know. You'll know. You wouldn't be here if you weren't ready. But that doesn't mean that you can't be here and then have through whatever's happening in your mind stream or whatever you're at war with or whatever you're have any position on can't at some point take over and cause you to go a different direction. There's no guarantee of anything. The only thing that the Trungpa Rinpoche said, and he said it as a, something is said traditionally, uh, better not to begin. But if you begin, better to finish. Like like any project, better not to start anything that you're not going to finish. Although, can we be ready and then get frightened of the past? I think it's possible. I think I think the causes and conditions that arise is my karma, your karma, Hyuns, or Paushan, or anyone. The, the karma is is so extremely conditional that there's, there's just no way to tell what is coming around the bend or what shows up as something else coming into this. Anything is possible. This is why, we, why we're encouraged to not just study the Dharma, but also have a strong forms that bring us back with our whole body. The body and mind are not two separate things. They just look intensely like they're different. And like we can somehow control our body, but we can't quite control our mind. Actually, we can't control either one. The body, are either of those dependently arisen? Both things. I'm saying, of course, you can control your body. I can raise my arm, but you can't stop having uh, um, a cold. You can't just end that because you have control of your body. So we have a little bit of say-so. Like I can just do something arbitrary. I can start talking about that we're going to have our roof gold-plated. Good idea. Be expensive. Shoto says no, because he knows that I would ask him to do it. <laughs> and he's, he's kind of, I wouldn't call him lazy. I wouldn't. <laughs> he would call himself lazy. He's not lazy. Yes, how can we be ready to receive the teaching? And it's coming out of, I, it feels like if we were ready for it, we'd be awake, if we're truly ready. No, the, you are, you are already awake, but it's under the surface and it's covered up by hope and fear. I could, I'm not going to do this because it's personal, but I remember meeting you many years ago in Traverse City, and I knew you were ready. You didn't. Remember that? Remember that first meeting? Do you? 
How would you describe that? Scary. Scary. Are you still scared? Still scared. Still here. Slowing a road to be a monk. There must be some kind of force happening there because I don't seem to recall that I told you to do anything, did I? Did I tell you to move to the monastery? No. Did you tell me uh, or say, I want to move to the monastery? No. Did you, how'd you, how'd you get here? <laughs> <laughs> later. Oh, later. Oh, okay. Uh, and like Kurt, you just suddenly wander around, wander around, <laughs> wander around, and just bumped into a monastery. <laughs> That's what happens to wanderers. Parivrajikas, they're called in Sanskrit. Isn't that true? Parivrajika? Yes. Wanderers. We're all wandering in different ways. Kurt knows that. Go ahead. Future bowing. It doesn't feel like the ego is ever ready for whatever on this path. So when you say we're ready, what what is ready? What is it that's ready? I think that the shine, that some kind of understanding starts to shine through the confusion. And we're we're we may be, or may not be, but we may be just tired of all of the fixes, all of the band-aids, all the patchwork coming from everyone that's trying to sell us something about do this, uh, you do this, this will work, you'll feel better. And then you stumble into a place where there are no guarantees. And you meet someone that won't guarantee anything, won't promise anything, and starts telling you what to do. Yet, yet there's no demand. Want to train your mind? Want to understand what dependent origination is? Want to understand what passion, aggression, and ignorance? The five heaps of the five skandhas, that's a, that's, really interesting information even to someone who hasn't studied at all you start thinking there's a body and then there's the four aspects of consciousness feeling perception thinking mind and sixth sense feels it's kind of that's interesting breakdown and and what the teachings are saying is if you're ready for them it's saying those get together and create the illusion of a self and the wisdom mind sees through that sees that that's not true, but it doesn't make war with it, it doesn't fight with it. It just sees that it's untrue. It's not even an action. It's not something it's doing. Well, if it feels like it's too much, or if it feels like we're not ready, but there's really nothing else to do either, is that interesting, ready? isn't it? That's a, what a great statement. Can anybody else make that statement? Yes. Frequently. Yeah. This doesn't feel good. This is uncomfortable, but I don't know what, what, I, what, I don't know what else to do with this other than just continue, continue. And it gets more and more desolate. I won't guarantee that. It might not necessarily look that way, but some kind of desolation as the ego mind slowly starves for attention, for attractions, for entertainment, meditation. The boredom in meditation that eventually show up, maybe not right away, is just how it feels to to um, break the addiction to enter entertainment. Sit down and might throw up all kinds of things about this is happening and plans for this and plans for that and evaluations of this and thinking about what somebody's thinking about your thinking. 
or thinking about somebody what's thinking about you, what you're thinking that they're thinking about what they're thinking. We actually do that. That might sound bizarre and uh, like a whirly gig, but it's actually some process where we think, sometimes we even say to some someone, well, I don't want you to think that, that I think that what you're thinking uh, is wrong. I don't want you to think that what I'm thinking about what you're thinking is is that last part? What? Wrong? Juzan. Juzan's getting smarter and smarter. He just smiles at me and doesn't respond. <laughs> <laughs> I know what he's up to. <laughs> nice show. Nice show, Bowling. What is meant by it's better to finish? What is that finishing, Bowling? So <clears throat> go until there's no more path. Eventually, and there's no, there's no guarantee, but eventually there isn't anything to do. There's nowhere to go and there's no one left. And yet there's still a body-mind complex functioning uh, to fix breakfast, take a nap, trim the trees, go for a walk, chat with the neighbors, and possibly even teach the Dharma. There's no guarantee about that either. You'll only teach the Dharma if you have students. You won't round up students. You won't, there's no sales pitch there. So the path uh, just, it just runs out. There isn't anything left to do. You're no longer intimidated, frightened, or seduced by anything. This doesn't mean you don't enjoy watching movies or you don't have a beer, maybe a six pack. Or maybe you don't drink anything anymore. The causes and conditions are extremely vast, profound, and diffuse. There, there's no, there's no way to get a hold of anything to fundamentally understand what it is anymore. Actually, there never was. But the illusion of control, the illusion of judgment, the, uh, the illusion of correct and incorrect, the illusion of sacred and profane was in our face and was and seducing our self-centeredness to do this, don't do that. Believe this, don't believe that. So you you get on the path. You have a in your case your 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 aspiration. My understanding is last time I talked to you is to be a monk. You're sewing a robe. You're coming this direction towards this teacher, towards this teaching, and towards this community. And as long as you keep doing that, then this those three jewels will continue to come towards you until there is no path. Nice allowing. Are the concepts of a start and a finish illusions as well? Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's one of the, the one of the, uh, um, it's the arsenal of relative truth, beginning and ending. There is no beginning. That your true nature doesn't begin, therefore it can never end. But that's a, a concept I can, hammer away at that every day. And, but it's not about believing that. It's about actually realizing your true nature and see that, that who you are is, is showing up, but has never appeared. It's showing up. But there's no one there. There's no one showing up, no singularity showing up. It's just consciousness only. 
And I can use those concepts as have been used for centuries. Basically, Yogacara, Vijnapti Matra, or whatever kind of fancy names you want to attach to it. But it's just no self, no other. No subject, no object, just perception. And even that is extra. But we get we get hooked by that the relative situation because it's safer. It feels we're here, we're embodied, we're attached to this body-mind complex, we're actually living, we're a certain age, we have a certain education, we have a certain number of children, or we don't have any children. We just have a dog, or we just have a cat, or we have a partner. And all the different differentiation and desire that is arising in our life of desire to get rid of something, desire to get something, desire to not be bothered by it. And the differentiation is showing up everywhere. It's, it's this is bigger, that's smaller, this is dark, this is light, this is moving, this is stationary or static. And we, we get mesmerized by that. And, uh, and then we add on all of our ideas about that that make it a good thing, a bad thing, shouldn't be happening, should be happening. I should be. What he has over there, I should have that. I, I deserve that. And here he or she is getting the credit for something that I did or I'm responsible for. Praise and blame. One of the eight worldly dharmas. <clears throat> Are you ready for, ready for the teachings? You want to continue to labor on that, that cause and effect, good and bad, right? I'm getting ahead. Now I'm falling behind. I'm getting ahead. Now I'm falling behind. And that have, may have a large enough cycle to it. You know, it could be like the planet Pluto. It takes 580 billion thousand something or others for it to even go around once. All the astrologers are laughing now. <laughs> so, but it's a circularity and it will, it will come into view and it'll pass out just like the phases of the moon. An incredible example of cause and effect dependent origination. Sir. Shodobang, how do we respect where other people are with their readiness? Mind your own business unless you're asked, unless someone gives you permission. What more? Shodobang, and, and in that situation, it seems that we could easily just kind of reify where we're at, like try to uh, mm -hmm. get someone to validate where we're at with the teacher or the teachings. I'm wondering how to... How do we respond to, to them and not? Um, Can you set it up a little bit more clearly for me? I'm a little slow. Someone might be a little bit more devotional with you. And if someone's asking questions, we might speak out of that because that's how we relate to the teachings of the teacher. I'm just wondering how we don't try to push people towards the way that we're relating to it. Well, what's the question? Don't do that. So how do we don't get it? Don't get too many loop-de-loops in there. Remember who you're talking to. One loop, Sokazan. Just a direct, direct inquiry. Can we um, respond or help somebody without um, without an agenda? Yeah, the agenda to just help somebody. Then, if that's your agenda, is to help them. And you have some mind training, so you, you have a better idea of who you are and what your, um, what your obstacles are. 
I can't get rid of them, but you know it, that you're aware of your obstacles, then, then you, you might be able to just listen to them and see if there's any, even any request for help, let alone uh, a, a, some way that you can help. Someone might request help, but you also see that, that that request, because of your clarity from training your mind, you see that that request is about wanting to be, some, to be someone who asks for help, not really wanting any help. People who are in helping professions, uh, therapists probably run into that kind of situation quite often. Somebody really wants help, wants to ask for help, but really doesn't want it. They, it's like, are you ready for the teachings? You really want this? And coming back to your question, I would say less is better. Say, what can I do? What can I do to help you? And then they may tell you and they may uh, try to deceive you about it. True, true. A question from Ted Smith. Okay. Are confusion and connection one and the same? The way I understand your question, I, I would say yes, they're, they're similar. But I'm, I'm not sure what you're con where you're coming out of or what you're uh, asking about there, but you have a connection, the connection could be confusing because you're suddenly you're, you're sucked into some situation connection that is not clear, confusion. <clears throat> or you're swept into a situation that looks like clarity and it's confusion, but you have a connection or neither one of those, which is also confusing about how to be connected. Using, anytime you use concepts, if you're, uh, if you're addicted, attached, or have a presumption about what concepts are, you won't be able to use them. You'll be caught by your own knowledge it's necessary to become free of your knowledge. If you're not free of your knowledge, then you will think there's such a thing as right and wrong. You'll operate out of it. You'll, you'll think there's such a thing as awakening. And as opposed to delusion, instead of seeing that they're not separate from each other. The same as life and death or all the other polarities. More? Go ahead. A question from Udi in Connecticut. Yes, Udi. Do we have a choice of whether or not to interfere with dependent origination? Uh, yes or no. It, it's always choiceless. It's always choiceless. But the illusion that we have a choice, that's, that's ego. Ego thinks about something and then looks at the choices or what they call choices and then picks one and then shuns the other. And we even lecture ourselves. We even lecture our children. You've got to make the right choices. What a terrible thing to say to a 12-year-old, to actually tie them right into the same confusion that brought you into this world also. No mind training. Not a good thing to say to anyone. What is the presumption there? That right and wrong. This is why there are wars. So can you end the wars that are all over the world? No, probably not, to go in there and fight with anybody is just to add to the war. What, what you can do is see the war here, see the conflict here, and don't end it. If you see it, it will end itself because it is fueled by opposition, polarity, right and wrong, judgment, evaluation, even up to and including self-hatred or self-aggrandizement or pride. Are you ready for this teaching? What's the best approach for me in my situation living here and practicing 
with a belief that I may not be ready for this. Well, didn't you uh, make an agreement to stay here till March the 30th or April 1st? Do that. Whatever happens in that time, receive it. Don't add to it. Don't, I mean, and if you do add to it or evaluate it, then just be aware of that. It's an awareness practice. It's not an accomplishment practice. There's, there's no obligation. Then I would say, when you get down to the end of the, you know, the mid-afternoon of the 30th or whatever, <laughs> really, very seriously, then, then see what this is. It's very unique to you, very unique to each person, very unique to me or to Onyo or to uh, Yokido. It's very unique. It's unique to you. You've come here, committed to be here for six months, I guess it is, and it, you're about halfway right now. Just finish up the rest of it and never come back again. I'm serious when I say that. Just leave. See what that does. I mean, you, it's a great situation for you to come in and commit to a six, six months. There are people uh, who have been students of mine for many years who have not done that. So you're actually, but you have a way of going about things as a nomad, as someone who's been wandering around the earth for a number of years. And here you are, you wandered into a um, prison. <laughs> <laughs> No, you wandered into a, a space where community is understood in a certain way. Uh, the teachings are understood. Clarity, sanity is understood in a certain way. And uh, if you hang around here very long, you'll eventually realize your true nature. Is that a guarantee? No, just some speculation. But you can also leave and look at the contrast. And then come, maybe come back, maybe not. So am I getting close to what you're asking about? Yeah. There's no there's no right or wrong. Just, but keep the agreement. That's the important thing. Don't, don't leave early. The, the, those of you who are fully ordained as monks, you have a bigger agreement. And you could also say, well, I didn't know I was getting into this. Well, that's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not going to work. Because uh, Kurt didn't know what he was getting into either. Kurt probably thought this would be... I don't know, fun. <laughs> what did you think? Yeah, in a word or two, did you? What 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 is the contrast? Can you say it? Challenge. I knew it would be challenging. Yeah, and it is in a way to, to understand myself. Better. Yeah. Okay. Just simply put, it's just about understanding. It's about awareness. So, good one. Sure about no, her. No, you. <laughs> oh wait. Yeah, go ahead. Sometimes they'll say if someone's in the room, they're giving you permission. Um, Pretty much. Is there a basic readiness that we have just to be in front of you? Yeah, you wouldn't be here if you weren't interested in this. You're ready, but whether you continue or not, that's uh, how you continue. Whether you become a monk, as you have, or whether you just be a lay practitioner or not receive vows at all, just practice. So that's. That's completely, there's no right or wrong to it. You won't hear me particularly trying to get you to be a monk or do anything at all. But if you live here, you're going to have to practice. You're going to have to commit to practicing whatever the form is. Right now, it's six and a half hours, um, four days a week or six, five days. It changes around. We have other practices that we're doing. So it's not the if that's all you do, you're going to be sitting a lot. Usually people think of other things to do, like to get jobs because <laughs> they need money. Yes. Sure, Valley. Um, 
this is resonating with my earlier question, but I remember you saying once, um, I believe it was another Sangha member told you to bow to the boss, told you that to, about Trungpa. They did. And it seems like there's similar situations where we might kind of boss the Sangha around. How do we deal with Don't that? do that. Don't tell anybody what to do. Now, if somebody is, is sitting in here and they're facing out and they should be facing a wall, you can just come and say the form here is to face the wall. And if they don't do it, don't say anything any don't say any more. We'll just watch them, see what it, what's up with them not wanting to just follow a simple form. Just like if somebody says, uh, you have to bow to me. That's not required. But people do. I bow. We bow. It's a mutual thing. I bow. You bow to me. So it's a, the form is a is a is situational rather than some kind of a strong form. Whereas when I come in here to give a Dharma talk, I come up to the altar and I bow and I offer incense to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. As a, symbolically, I'm doing that, and it's very, very. I'm very serious about that. It's very meaningful to me to to know that any when I sit down here and talk. I'm connecting with this lineage, and this lineage is helping me speak the truth. There's no one thinking here. I'm not saying your thoughts don't come and go, but there's no person producing anything. Otherwise, I couldn't do this. I'd be terrified. I'm so terrified of what people think. I'd be gone a long time ago. Go ahead. Sure, Alan. How do we work with... Um, bow to the boss when we're on, we're on the receiving end of that um, direction. I don't say bow to the boss. Someone said that to me in Chicago when Trungpa Rinpoche uh, came into the, uh, I was on State Street and he was walking by and I was a Dorje Kasang or a, a guard. So therefore I was, had a particular uniform on or so, and uh, I can't remember the fellow's name. <laughs> I probably wouldn't say it anyway. But he, as he came by, he just kind of said to me, bow to the boss. And a few minutes later, the, uh, the Vidyadara was coming along with his attendants and his uh, so on. And then uh, I did. I, I bowed. But I also thought that that's not a particularly good way to do that in the West, the country that kicked out the king. Uh, not only culturally, but just, uh, and I'd also spent four years in the Marine Corps. So I know what it, what it means to follow really, really intense orders. And if you don't follow them, they will lock you up. If, or even give you dishonorable discharge or something like to ruin your life. And here's someone telling me that, uh, who, you know, was, was trying to be king of the mountain or something, or the, the, the colonel in charge. Go ahead. Sure, bowing. Um, if we're being ordered around by Sangha or being instructed to kind of do something like that, how do we receive that? Who's ordering you around? Can you name them? Who's doing that? Um, I, I just know sometimes if someone asks me to do something and there's not a clear form around it, I just immediately resist it. That's all right. It's just awareness. Um, you, do you feel like you're being disrespected in some way or you feel like you're disrespecting yourself? Or a little of each? Probably a little of each. Then what's your question? Is there a way to go more deeply into that feeling? Well, that you can describe it and ask a question about it, that's enough. Don't look for results, just intend. 
intend to see what this is. You intend, you intend. And there's, there's support for it. There's a 2,500 year tradition of awareness and Buddhist teachings and show up in different ways. This may not be your cup of tea. You may be better off in a, a more um, parental kind of situation where people are telling you what to do all day long. We're making you follow forms in a certain way. lineage, I frequently think of all the um, hundreds or thousands of people behind each one of those names that were not realized. No. Um, you know that? I do not know that. Mm -hmm. so, What's the question? Um, are there different levels of readiness? Is there a better way to... Um, is realization a real, uh, helpful goal, Valen? To see your true nature, see what this is, see what the Buddha taught, I think is a is a goal. But it's the intention so that so that the way in which you need to go isn't set out in a way that just gives you results. In other words, fills up the the the, the requirement for some kind of proof that you're getting somewhere. We don't know who attained realization and who didn't. More. Wonderbang, is it? I don't know if realistic is the right word, but is it, is it, I don't put the right Go word. ahead, go ahead, please, go on. To see all those names and yeah. see all the hundreds and thousands of people that are not on that list. Yeah, so, so what is the question? I'm ready. Are there different levels of readiness? Yes. Yes, there are. There's different levels of everything. There's, there's only one realization, but there are different, you could say, levels to that before that that final situation opens up. And as long as there's a living being, body-mind complex that is realized, even if it's the, the highfalutin uh, Anutra Samyak Sambodhi, no, there's no enlightenment further than that. Anutra, no further. Uh, so that's kind of ends the whole thing. Uh, even, even that is still going to arise in the form of a living being who has a certain kind of uh, dynamic there are certain heights, they have certain uh, relative characteristics that are going to show up. And, and that those relative characteristics, that karma of theirs may also show up as they, they don't, they can't teach. They're, they're realized because they worked at it, because they, they continued to return to what is this? What is this? Not a why question. Why is there circular? But what is this? When anything arises in your mind, what is that? You don't have to say it over and over, but it's that kind of, it's an inquiry into whatever is arising. What is it? Until you finally see what it is. This is why it's often called mirror-like. It's often called a mirror-like samadhi. Because you see that everywhere you look, you see yourself. You don't see, um, I don't see Sokazan over there. Uh, nothing, someone doesn't necessarily look like me. Or if you saw that, it wouldn't be that someone... But you would, you would, your fundamental perception would be that it's not something else. It's empty of, of other. Even though it's, you're over there, I'm over here, people are separated, still empty of the otherness that shows up in relative truth where there's a constant materialistic urge to get better, not get worse, be happy, not be sad, stop things, stop the bad things, get more good things, hope for the best, fear the worst, hope and fear, hope and fear. We even use it in our society. Well, you got to have hope. 
and you've heard me say, I don't know, 10 or 20 times. No, you don't. Hope, hope will actually putting energy into that kind of hopefulness uh, may, may sound good in the relative sphere. It could, and it could be helpful in a relative way, but it doesn't address the fundamental situation, which is mistaken identity. There's no solid being anywhere that can lose, and there's no solid being anywhere that can gain. Winning and losing, relative truth. Worldly, relatively successful. Kelly Bowing. Yes, Kelly. Why do we ask for protection at the end of the dedication of merit? Because I want to. More? Don't don't let me get away with that. Yeah. What what is protection? It's it's just like an umbrella. So we 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 live in a relative world, and in order to understand that, we need to function even on the spiritual path in a relative way to some extent. So we're going to do this. The mind is uh, the mind stream is vast, unending, untraceable, unsearchable, and is full of every kind of energy imaginable, and some of them that aren't imaginable. But we're going to protect ourselves. Uh, 20 years ago, 30, maybe 30 years ago, I would have asked a question, why, why the protector uh, shrine? Why, why a demon on there, the, the Mahakala or, or Georgia Bernankchen? What, what's that about? Come on. What is that about? Well, find out. Find out what, what protection is. Rather than I'm going to give you some kind of a, an answer, I'm saying find out. Find out what's in danger. What is in danger? Kelly Bowing, I'm asking, it's been a tough week for teenagers and high schools. <laughs> Pray for them. We're not talking about a theistic prayer where we're praying to some deity or a deity or the creator. You just supplicate. Just ask for help. If there is help somewhere, then it's possible that that can, can come together. And perhaps not, but it's always about the intention not about the result. If you look for results, then we're right back on the mundane path of trying to get God to save us. Uh, you know, uh, some people will say, uh, I prayed to God and they, they saved my son. Well, <laughs> no, uh, that's not the case. It may be something like that. But if that was the case, then everybody who prayed for prayed to God would get what they prayed for. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a theistic, self-centered kind of prayer. I'm not criticizing uh, people who uh, function in that way because some people have to do it that way. They're not ready for this teaching. They, they need to function in that way and that helps them. More, Kelly? When I'm meeting with teenagers who feel like they can't be protected, is all that I can offer just continuing to just to be with them? I'm, I'm just feeling challenged in the protection part. Yeah, be with them as much as you can without interfering with them. I mean, you're a therapist, so I, I can't really uh, get, you know, you have different uh, modalities, ways that you're trained, but the, the fundamental protection for anybody is just to be with them. And that's, uh, they, they might not feel, they might even accuse you of, you're not really helping me. You're just uh, spinning your wheels and, and drawing a paycheck. So, but you might have to, might have to relate to some of that. But you are helping them. You're just your intention. Just I know you a little bit, 
and you are helping them. They, they need your kind of energy uh, and your kind of, um, they, yeah, I would say that. And any of the, the other people here, Ondo and Sensu are therapists, need, they need that kind of energy, someone they can talk to that will receive them, listen to them, and be considerate of them and, and, and relate to their confusion without always coming on top of it with some kind of a, a fix or some kind of medication or, you know, from, well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Probably. Just intend, intend to be a service. And then, then it may show up exactly the way in which you can be in service. You can actually be of service to someone. But if you have a formula about cause and effect, cause and effect, you've got to get this person to have certain kind of certain kind of response, or we have to give them Wellbutrin or Prozac or any of the other mind-altering things. And I'm not against those. There may be times when that's the only thing you can do for someone is to to slow down their 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 anxiety or their difficulty. Or I, I was a fellow that I was a a Buddhist practitioner up in uh, in Minneapolis oh, 20 some years ago. And I remember him uh, just being so grateful for Prozac. He says, I just, oh, finally, I don't, I take, I take that and I do, I'm not just completely out of my mind all day long. So no way I can interrupt that and say, oh no, you need to meditate and, you know, get rid of that drugs. No, you may, you may have to have a beer. I'm not promoting that. I'm just saying that it needs to be your life, your understanding of what you need to do. I don't recommend anything extra. Yes. Question from Isaac. Isaac. How do I see that I'm ready for your teachings? Try to get away. <laughs> well, if you can get away, just get him, get the hell out of here. Isaac. <laughs> I think Isaac seemed to think, I seem, I seem to recall you kind of tried to get away a few times. Or you didn't you once scold me and said, You're not a doctor. You remember saying that once. I was trying to tell you, you know, how to. I don't know, I was trying to tell you how to do open heart surgery or something like that. <laughs> Give you some extra spending money. <laughs> no, I, I didn't say anything like that. But I'm just saying, I mean that, try to get away. Try to go do something else. You've been here, you've been to the monastery, you've met people in the Sangha, you've practiced here, you've had some interviews with me, and we've talked about your the challenges you have in your life and so on. And... Uh, I'm sure you've noticed that nothing is required. They don't require anything. And you might have been charged a few bucks to stay here. That's to pay the rent. Further question about that, if you have it. Not from him yet, but a question from Amara. Amara? Where is Amara from? I don't know. Okay, Amara. Um, first, they say, thank you for always showing up for us because I don't understand this all, so I am grateful that beings like you exist. My question is, why in moments of darkness, why in moments of darkness and hell, we receive insights? Well, you're, you're not gonna realize it's light unless it's a lot of darkness. So it's just light all the time. It's like, 
living in Sarasota. Who wants to live there? But if it's dark, then if you do see some light show up, you know, just a, it's a relative way of seeing it. That's a, that's a good image because that's what I felt when I met my teacher. I was in, uh, I was in a cave of demons, symbolically, not, it wasn't actual demons, I don't think. But meeting, uh, meeting that person was like, uh, it was like light, very much so. Amara, who is from Connecticut, has another question. Uh, why does the darkness come back as we go deeper? Just, uh, just one more lesson. Good, good question. Just, just continue to work with it. You, use your awareness practice. Use the Buddhist uh, Buddha Dharma if it makes sense to you. It sounds like it does. And use uh, as long as I'm here. You can hear this. And when I'm not here, there's a lot of recordings. So, so to help support your awareness practice. So, I used to live in Connecticut. Lived in Old Saybrook. Worked in a writing stable for practically nothing. Well, I come to think of it, they did give us a place to live. Nice area. Further questions? Senshi Bowling. Yes. Does the negativity that shows up internally, does that interrupt or impact our intention on this path? Yeah, it does. It impacts it. But if we don't fight with it, then it's just energy. So I don't mean to get philosophical about it, but we, the, the negativity that shows up this isn't working. I don't like this. I can't get rid of my negativity. Can't get rid of my envy. Can't get rid of my jealousy. Can't get rid of my anger. Can't, 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 can't. That's still just energy. We tend to personalize it. It's my anger. I'm the one who's mad. Rather than seeing that anger is dependently risen. Anger is going to come and go your whole life. If there's no grasping at a self or some kind of result, then you need to have this happen. If you have any kind of demand at all, it just tends to get more painful. The anger gets more painful or the, whatever the emotion may be. If we want something else. This doesn't mean you go the other way into the other, the other kind of materialism is to try to just accept your anger. You'll never hear me say, at least I don't often say you'll never, I'll never do this or that, but unlikely for me to say, just accept it. Don't accept anything. Don't look away from anything. And don't refuse anything. This is, a, this is, as I understand it, this is a, this is a path. This is the way. It's a, not too tight, not too loose. No grasping, rejecting, no shutting down. Just see and just continue to practice. And whatever shows up, negative as that may seem, that's part of the path. That is the path. That is a Dharma gate uh, or, a, or an opening into truth. Gate is opening and Dharma is truth. It's a personal Dharma gate. If you have anxiety, that's a Dharma gate. I'm not saying it couldn't be some kind of chemical situation happening where you need to take some medications or you're out of balance, of course, that may show up in some way. But anything that shows up, you have the intention to realize your true nature, which you do as a monk, 
and to save all beings. Uh, that's not going to be easy. So the, the obstructions that come up are your opportunity to just receive. Receive that negative. It's not nihilism. It's not swamping yourself with some kind of negativity. Just receive it very simply, very graciously, which I know you can do. Another question from Isaac. Isaac. Do I need to see that I'm ready, ready for the teachings, to be ready? I knew there was a reason I didn't. I was in the title of this. Are you ready or ready for the teachings? It's, I don't think so. I think it, I think it would just happen without, it, it just, that talk title just gives me the opportunity to talk about the Dharma. And it, it's a, but it's saying, are you ready? It's like, if you're not ready, then do something else. You don't have to hammer yourself over the head. But if you're ready, then let's do it with the, with the, the whole structure of the Buddha, the Dharma and the Sangha, that the three jewels, it's a powerful, powerful container for realizing your true nature before you pass into, before what you think is you, your body, pass back into the elements. Because when the body passes back into the elements, you're not going anywhere. You notice me snickering a little bit, just because that's, that's a hard thing to, uh, to, excuse me, that's a hard thing to think about. You can't really think your way into that. You have to see that. You see that, then, then uh, there is no death. The body ends, but you, you won't end. You can't end. Because you've never really begun. Might sound a little fancy or a little, but where do you pick up that philosophy? I'm looking at it. I'm touching it, feeling it, tasting it, smelling it all the time, no matter what I'm doing. Sound like a credential? Maybe so. I don't know. <clears throat> but like I said before, leave. Try to leave. We'll do something else. No, no guarantee of anything. Except me, it's time to quit. <laughs> Jun Chu just yawned. And she's... She's the one that's been receiving all these the texts or the emails. Just comments on YouTube. Oh, comments on YouTube. Do you have anything? Anyone else? Go ahead, Marie. What is that which responds to our prayers? Um. <coughs> what is it that does what? That responds to our prayers. Maybe nothing. And as I said before, maybe I said it, I meant to, it's about the intention. Like we say every day, may all beings enjoy happiness and the root of happiness. May they be free from suffering and the root of suffering. May they not be separated from the great happiness devoid of suffering. I don't know if any, you do, I certainly don't check to see if that's working or not. No, just pray. Ask, ask. If you don't ask for help, it will not be forthcoming. And if you ask for a certain kind of help, maybe you'll get kind of help that you're asking for, but it may not be what you need or what you fundamentally need. But it's if you just ask for help, then it's just changing your attitude into that situation. It's a, it's a, a, a Buddhist uh, form of faith, you could say. Need no proof. It's just the gesture. Just 
Thou, I vow to be with all things. How are you doing with that? Well, I don't know, probably not so good. How, how are you going to be with all things? Don't agree, don't disagree, don't look away. Is there a final question? Very good, we can close now. May the merit of this penetrate into all places, so that we in every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light. If you value the teachings of Sokozan, and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokokoji.com dot o r g